Well, good morning, everyone. <clears throat> it's good to see all of you, as, as has been said. And, and to those watching virtually, um, we, we just pray that God's blessing will be upon you um, as well. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm going to get right into it. Uh, we're you know, starting a little, at least for online, we're starting a little bit later than we typically would because we pretty much get going right away. Um, so uh, my theme today is unexpected blessings. And, you know, I got kind of a little subtitle there, God does amazing things. And as we've just sung, you know, he, he did an amazing thing by making something beautiful out of my life because I had nothing to offer him. Um, but brokenness and strife, as the song says. And yet he saw fit to make something beautiful out of my life. And, um, you know, as we read God's word today, I pray that God will bless you. Um, I've got quite a few scriptures, and we're going to do something that might be a little bit unexpected. All right? But um, <clears throat> to start, unexpected. What does that mean? Um, it's an adjective, right? And um, so, definition, not regarded as likely to happen. Well, I don't know about you, but that makes it almost more confusing than what the word is. Um, but every other, other definition I looked up with, everyone had the word expected in it. And so, it's like, oh, okay, unexpected. Um, so, for me, let's look at some synonyms of this word. <clears throat> Unforeseen, out of the blue. Unpredicted, unplanned, surprising, and extraordinary. Um, so that I can kind of wrap my mind around. Unexpected, okay. Something different, all right? So let's start with an example, all right? I want everybody to stand up. And if you're watching virtually, this includes you. If you're able to, um, I want you to stand up. And first, what I want to do is I want to take a moment of silence as we've now just uh, had our 19th anniversary of, 2000, or of 2001, September 11th, and the lives that were lost that day. And I just want to take a moment of silence that we would remember. So let's do that now. Thank you. And I stay standing. We're not done. <clears throat> so, you know, we do that oftentimes. We're asked to take a moment of silence, sometimes at sporting events, sometimes at school, sometimes at work. Um, you know, sometimes we're asked to take a moment of silence that we might reflect on whatever it is that was brought up. And today, you know, I mentioned about this 19th anniversary. Well, <clears throat> we're going to do something a little bit different than a moment of silence. For some of us, it's gonna be a little uncomfortable, I'll tell you right now, okay? Um, and I was telling Nicole this on, uh, yesterday. For whatever reason, I have a memory of high school, and it's a very vivid memory for me, and I don't really know why. Well, actually, I do know why, but I'll get to that point. Um, but I don't remember a whole lot about what went on in high school, all that kind of stuff. But, we had a pep rally one time, 
And we were asked not to whistle, not to scream, not to yell. We were simply asked to clap our hands. And so I want all of us to take a moment of time and clap our hands for what the Lord has done. So you might think, well, what are we clapping for? Uh, I want you to think about the blessings that you have in your life. Whether they're unexpected or whether they are expected, I want you to think about all the blessings that you have in your life. And we can see you watching virtually, so we're going to see if you're clapping too. Um, but I want to spend some time in just praising the Lord by just simply clapping our hands. So join me. You guys can be seated. You can be seated at home. Thank you for indulging. But why I have that vivid memory is because in that pep rally that was at school that day, whatever it was, I, can't even rem I don't remember the specifics of what the pep rally was for, but that made an impression on me, simply clapping. And, and now when I look back on it, I realize that the Spirit of God touched me that day. And I, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't really know what it was, but it affected me in my very being. And here I am in high school, you know, at a pep rally, and it affected me that I remember it to this day. So thank you for indulging me in that. But, and I said, maybe we're a little uncomfortable. You know, I know I say that because, you know, sometimes when we sing, uh, I love the thrill when I get, I still see everybody's kind of like, <laughs> sometimes, you know, so. Clapping is not something we typically do, but it's a praise to the Lord. And I, I want to just look at the scripture real quick. Uh, two examples of this. Um, and so in uh, Mosiah, the 18th chapter, um, Alma Junior, or Alma Senior, as I have in this, you know, that's not really how it's recorded, but uh, that's what I'm calling him, uh, Alma Senior, at the Waters of Mormon. And uh, not going to go through the whole story today, but obviously, uh, Alma had heard the words of Abinadi, a prophet, who was killed by an evil king named Noah. And Alma really is kind of the founder of the church in, at this time. And so he was gathering this people together by the waters of Mormon. And it says that they were even kind of hiding in the thickets because King Noah was sending out people that they would kill them and destroy them um, because they believed on the words of Abinadi. Or I've heard it, Abinadi. I think uh, when Brother Wally came, he taught us Abinadi. Um, but regardless, however you want to say it, Abinadi. All right? And so in the 18th chapter, in the 8th verse of Mosiah, it says, And it came to pass that he said unto them, Behold, here are the waters of Mormon, for thus they were called. And now, as they were, are desirous to come into the fold of God and to be called his people and are willing to bear one another's burdens, 
that they may be light. Yea, and are willing to mourn with those that mourn. Yea, and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. And to stand as witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places that ye may be in, even until death, that ye may be redeemed of God and be numbered with those of the first resurrection, that ye may have eternal life. Now I say unto you, if this be the desire of your hearts, what have ye against about being baptized in the name of the Lord as a witness before him that have entered into a covenant with him, that ye will serve him and keep his commandments, that ye may pour out his, he may pour out his spirit more abundantly upon you. So he asked him this question, and what is their response? And now when the people had heard these words, they clapped their hands for joy and exclaimed, this is the desire of our hearts. Well, <clears throat> we're going to fast forward a little bit, almost 75 years to, as I'm calling him, Alma Jr. And a different time, a different circumstance, uh, a, a man at the, at, the, at the time had led a group of people away from the, the Nephites at the time, and his name was Zoram. And so these people were called the Zoramites. And they were, they were attempting to serve God, but they were not following the true way to serve God. And, and we're, I'm not going to get into all the details of that. I'll encourage you to read the 31st chapter of, of Alma. We don't have time today. Um, but Alma takes a group of men uh, to go and to uh, administer to this group of people. And... Uh, in the 31st chapter, the fifth verse, and I don't have it up, but just listen. And this was a desire, and this weighed heavy upon Alma Jr. And, and this, so this was Alma's son. And now, and this is what Alma proclaims. And now, as the preaching of the word of God had great tendency to lead the people to do that which was just, yea, it had more powerful effect upon the minds of the people than the sword or anything else which had happened unto them. Therefore, Alma thought it was expedient that they should try the virtue of the word of God. So Alma sees that this conflict between the Zoramites and the Nephites is coming forward, and he, he knows that this thing is headed for war. But Alma knows that the word of God has a greater strength than any sword or any battle. And so he heads off with this group of men, and he takes two of his sons, and he takes Amulek and Zizram and um, uh, three of the uh, sons of Mosiah. He leaves uh, Himni there, and he leaves Helaman there, his son, with the people. And so he takes, uh, it's, I think that's a group of eight, of eight men to go and preach to the Zoramites. Well, we're going to fast forward. And Alma is, they go and they observe what the Zoramites are doing. And Alma's heart is broken. Because these are people who knew the Lord and worshipped the Lord at one time. And, and some of the people, the Nephites, had left and actually went and joined the Zoramites. So his heart is just broken. And he prays a beautiful prayer. And again, we don't have time to read it today. Go to the 31st chapter of Alma and read it. But I want you to hear what Alma does before he sends the eight into preach to these people in the 36th verse of the 31st chapter of Alma. And this is after he's cried unto the Lord 
Um, and I, I'm going to read a couple of those verses. O Lord, wilt thou grant unto us that we may have success in bringing them again unto thee in Christ. Behold, O Lord, their souls are precious, and many of them are our brethren. Therefore, give unto us, O Lord, power and wisdom that we may bring these, our brethren, again unto thee. And so this is Alma's prayer and supplication to the Lord uh, with these men that are gathered around him. And here we get to the 36th verse, and he says, Now it came to pass that when Alma had said these words, that he clapped his hands upon all of them who were with him. And behold, as he clapped his hands upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So, maybe a kind of a long introduction to why we spent some time clapping for the Lord. We're, in, we're introducing the Spirit of God, and I pray that God would bless you with his Spirit today. As we talk about this subject of unexpected blessings, um, I will tell you, uh, in Alma Senior, that day at the end of that chapter, 450 souls came to the Lord at the waters of Mormon. 450 souls. And in Alma Junior and this group of eight men who split up and went and preached, they had success in bringing some back into the land of Nephi. And so um, the Spirit of God and the Word of God is so powerful, and unexpected blessings await us when we dive into his Word, when we read his Word, and when we look to God for our blessings. So uh, we're going to jump to John, the fifth chapter, and I'm going to read this. It's um, going to be a little few verses, um, so have patience, but I want you to listen to this story. Maybe a familiar story to you. Um, but certainly an example of an unexpected blessing. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, or I'm sorry, Bethesda, sorry, <laughs> having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folks of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now as long I'm sorry, a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps, in front, steps down before me. And Jesus says, un says unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up my bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is it that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk. And he that was healed wist not who it was. He didn't know. 
For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus findeth him in the temple and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come, on, come upon thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Okay. Um, again, probably uh, maybe a familiar story, and if it's not, that's okay. Um, we're we're going to talk about this, and we're going to look at this scripture today. And um, the unexpected blessing that was received, and it should be a hope for us today. <clears throat> so, did anybody catch uh, the name of this pool? I said it wrong, so. <laughs> Bethesda, right? Which is interpreted house of mercy. So, here you have this multitude of people, and we went through kind of the list of all of the dif different ailments that blind, halt, withered, paralyzed, lame, could not walk. There's a multitude of people that sits by this pool. Five colonnades are there. I don't know if it was for shade or what, but they've been built five colonnades by this pool around this house of mercy. And the scripture proceeds to tell us that the angel comes and stirs the water. And whoever gets in first gets healed. Well, I'm sure there was a line, just like we had this morning, a very orderly line when the water gets stirred. Oh, well, you've been here a while. You, why don't you go in, right? That's how we are, right? We're very patient with each other, you know? We, we, we love to prefer everyone. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm joking. Especially, think about this. This man had been dealing with this situation for 38 years. And I don't know if he sat at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. It doesn't give us that insight. But regardless, this man had been dealing with not being able to even make it to the pool for 38 years. And along comes a man that he doesn't even know who it is. An unexpected blessing waiting. And he doesn't even know it. <clears throat> I know that we have people that are dealing with things right now. Obviously, we we're, first time we're back in church in, in, in six months. Um, you know, we've been dealing with something, having to deal with it. And, and I don't know about you, but six months really felt like a long time, didn't it? Um, trying to get back to church and, you know, try and be able to be together and all that kind of stuff. Think about this. 38 years this man has been dealing with this situation. And along comes Jesus. This man had been dealing with this ailment longer than Jesus was even on this earth. Think about that. And no matter what you're going through today, God knows your need. He knows that you're in need of something. 
And he wants us to continually look towards him and to recognize him for who he is. And not so much on our circumstance. So Jesus asked this man a question. Sometimes I think we're a little critical, like, well, wilt thou be made whole? Well, you don't think this guy's saying, of course, I want to be made whole. Why would I not want to be made whole? Almost, um, sometimes maybe with some indignation, we think Jesus is saying this to this. But I think Jesus had such love for this man. He loved him just as he loved all of us. And he cared so much for him. And I think he's just saying, wilt thou be made whole? Not, why didn't you get to the pool? The angel's there stirring the water. But this man replies with a response that I would say probably very much like my own. He says, sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the water. But while I'm coming, somebody else jumps right in before me. And I know I never get healed. How many of us can relate to that? Where we're going through a trial and all we can focus on is the challenges of what lies before us. This man was so focused on the water and getting to the water and how do I get in the water, he doesn't realize that the living water is standing right next to him. The man who causes the sea to be calmed at his word, the man who would walk upon the water, stands there and asks him if he wants to be made whole. And again, I don't say that critical of this man. He doesn't even know who it was. Because when the Jews come back and they ask him, well, who told you to... Who? They don't ask him... The other thing, they don't ask him who healed you. They asked him... Who told you to carry your bed? That's working on the Sabbath. Think about that amazement. Here this man had been with this ailment for 38 years. Certainly people knew this guy sits by the pool of Bethesda. 38 years, I'm sure they've crossed paths. And all of a sudden, this guy's carrying his mat, walking. And all we can think about is, well, who told you to carry that mat on the Sabbath? Ignoring what God had done and put performed, the miracle that God had performed, the unexpected blessing that was in this man's life. And so they ask him, who, who told you to do this? I don't know. I don't know who it was. Just a guy. He, told me, he, he, he healed me, and he told me to take up my bed and walk. And so I did what he told me to do. Today, I don't want us to get so wrapped up, not only in the situation that's pulling us down and the things that are, that are weighing upon us that we just focus on. How do I get to the water? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And we need to look to the Lord who's there. Now, the other part of this miracle that's just almost amazing to me is you would have thought, well, the Lord would have compassion on him. And the water would get stirred and the Lord would help him and take him in the water, right? 
the Lord was greater than any stirring of the water. He didn't need the water. He didn't need the stirring of the water by the angel to heal this man. It was an unexpected blessing that he was providing for this man. The fact that he was even walking by the pool. Think about this. There's a multitude of people there. What made Jesus pick this man? What made him pick him? You know, it says he, he kind of learned that this guy had been there for so long. And so I, in my mind, I kind of think, did Jesus kind of look around and look at all the people and say, well, that guy's been here for five years. That's, that, that's a long time. Oh, that guy's been here for 10 years. Oh, that lady, she's been here for 12 years. Oh, there's the guy I want. The guy who's been here for 38 years and can't get to the pool. <clears throat> Jesus wants to come into your life. No matter how long it's been, no matter how far you think you are away from him, you know, sometimes we, t we talk about years and we think about just this, this expanse of time that's before us. Talking about being away for six months and not coming here and, and being apart from each other. It's a long time and it's a burden. But all of that, the Lord, it, it's in a twinkling of an eye, the Lord can change our life. And the Lord wants to change your life. And he wants to make you whole. That question I believe he's asking to all of us today, wilt thou be made whole? And maybe you don't have paralysis or blindness, or, but are you lost in sin? Are you struggling with a, a, a temptation that's weighing you down? Are you struggling with fear or anxiety or whatever it is? Jesus today is asking, do you want to be made whole? After he goes through this story with the Jews and, and, and uh, he's like, I don't know who it is. Another part of this story that I think is just so amazing. Jesus wants to continue to reveal himself to us. He healed him. He kind of disappears in the crowd or the multitude. And then he finds, comes back and he finds this man again. And he tells him again, Behold, thou art made whole. So not only did he heal him, he made him whole. And he tells him, go and sin no more. <clears throat> God cares about our infirmities. He cares about the things that weigh us down, our, our, our afflictions, our cares. But he cares so much more about your soul. He cares so much more that you're made whole spiritually and his desire is that we would live our lives and go out and sin no more and he even gives a warning to this man that some greater thing might come upon you go and sin no more that so that you don't even have to worry about something greater coming upon you which would be a spiritual death <clears throat> and i love the part that the man departs from jesus and he goes right back to him and says it was Jesus. Yeah, it was Jesus. He, he's the one that healed me. And he's the one that told me to carry my bed. As almost, now he feels justified. You know, before it's kind of, I don't know who it was. But he healed me, and what was I going to do, argue with him? 
now he's made whole. And I think his answer was a sturdy. It was Jesus that changed my life. It was Jesus that provided unexpected blessings for me in my life. I don't think he was worried any longer about the 38 years that he had sat by the pool trying to make his way into the water when it was stirred. Instead, he realized that Jesus had come in and changed his life from that moment forward. Now, we don't, we don't get to know who he was or how, he, how his life progressed after this. Scriptures don't say that. And I'm not going to try and read too much into that because I want you to answer the question today. Are you whole and are you praising the Lord for being whole? <clears throat> they said um, this pool being called the house of mercy. Um, just so greatly how wonderful God's mercy is to us. And I, I don't know for if, if you had a chance to uh, log on to your app this morning for the church and to read the scripture that came up. And it was just such a wonderful confirmation for me today of, of this message. And I pray that this message be a, a strength and a blessing for you to know that God wants to give us those unexpected blessings in our life. Sometimes we go into things expecting God's blessing and sometimes we're let down, right? Because sometimes God does things in a way that isn't what we would have thought or imagined or hoped. And uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, the fourth through the eighth verse, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, raised us up from the pool of Bethesda, or from among the sick, or those that are lost in sin. He's raised us up and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Is it, it's an unexpected blessing of God. The grace and the mercy that Christ has afforded unto us. Um, as I wrap up, I just have a couple of thoughts as we look to this and we, we, we ponder this scripture a little bit more and we try to understand. Um, and I want you to reflect upon this today. And, and, and I hope this has made you think today. And I hope it stirs you to a remembrance of the unexpected blessings that you've received in your life. And so that's my question. What unexpected blessings can you testify to in your life? Think about them. I, at the beginning, we talked about, I wanted you to praise and clap for, for what God has done for you and the blessings in your life. What unexpected blessings has he provided unto you? What unexpected blessings may be ahead for all of us. As we come back together, um, kind of half and half, some of you are watching uh, remotely, some of you are here live with us. 
what are the unexpected blessings that God is going to bring forth collectively as a body of Christ as we look to him? And last, whether we clap our hands or sing and shout with our mouths, we must praise the Lord for his unexpected blessings in our lives. God is calling us to praise him. We were made in his own image as we uh, had the opportunity to go um, last week to, uh, to Utah and spend some time among the rocks and the beautiful land that's there. Um, we were going to go to Zion National Park, but it was jammed. And so we went to Bryce Canyon, equally as beautiful and magnificent. And I, I couldn't help but think about that scripture where um, as Jesus was entering and triumphal entry of Jesus into the, the land and, and Jesus proclaims that if as the Pharisees are giving him a hard time because the people are proclaiming him king of kings and lord of lords. And Jesus says, if they would shut their mouths, even the very rocks would cry out. And as we were walking and doing all this hiking, I just thought about it. Not only was the beauty magnificent, I just thought about we're called to praise the Lord. We're called to worship him in spirit and in truth. And if we fail at that job, even the very rocks will cry out because they can't contain. Just like in that silly pep rally so many years ago when the Spirit of God touched me by us just clapping our hands because typically I was a whistler and I like to whistle and yell and do all that kind of stuff. But it just impacted me so much that we got rid of all that fluff and just spent time clapping. And, and again, may we praise the Lord May God add his blessings to you today. May he lift you up and may you anticipate his unexpected blessings. Don't go into it thinking what you know what God is going to do because we don't know when those unexpected blessings are going to surface. If you want some more examples, just turn back a few chapters. John, the beginning of John is like unexpected blessing after unexpected blessing. You got the woman at the well. You've got a, a nobleman who comes to Jesus and his son is dying and he asks Jesus to heal him. And he tells him to come to his house and heal him. And Jesus sends him away and says, your son is healed. An unexpected blessing. He went there thinking, if I come and he believed, if I have Jesus come with me, he'll heal my son. And Jesus sends him away and says, your son is healed. And he heals his son. It's one expected, unexpected blessing after another. And we have opportunity to praise the Lord for his unexpected blessings in our life. May God bless you today is my prayer. Sorry. I got to take off my mask earlier. I apologize. Well, that was unexpected. And as I was listening to Brother Austin, I think we can all relate over the past six months and I would say complain a little bit and say, why, Lord, do we have to be separate? Why is the branch closed? Why are we worshiping this way? And sometimes we get so focused in on where we're at, we forget to see what the Lord is actually doing around us. And 
you know, to go back even further, since I love preaching with Austin, is I want you to think of this scenario. You know, call it Austin, AJ, and Herman the Parrot. And you know, when Austin was a young teacher in the church, uh, another minister grabbed him, put him under his arm, and took him to one of our missions. And you know, one of our missions, we didn't have a church building. We had nowhere to go, so we met in the house. And this older brothers and sister who we met with had good old Herman the parrot that sat right in the living room with you. And sure enough, shy brother Austin was preaching to a little shy brother AJ and his sister teaching them Sunday school. And you know, brother Austin at that point could have said, what are we doing here? Polly want a cracker is going on in the background, but pre preached about, you know, the uh, smoke alarms going off in the background on some of our Zoom calls. You know, we had every reason to complain. What are we doing here? Why are we doing it this way? But the unexpected blessing we didn't see is friendships through Jesus Christ. Somebody that I can call and rely on and pray with and celebrate our families together. You see, it was an unexpected blessing because we could have got so caught up in the way that we worshiped. Why aren't we in a chapel? Why is this bird chirping in our ear this whole time? But through that, God was doing great things. Same for us today. We can complain and say, Lord, why was it this way for six months? But look at what we've been able to do with our technology and reach out to our branch. And now we have continued to perfect that method so that we can reach even more people that others can hear the word of Christ and the word of God that we can bring it into their lives and give them hope just as you and I have hope today. So thankful for the unexpected blessings in my life. You know, as Brother Austin read that fifth chapter, I'm, I've always been so focused on the grandstands of you know, the, the pool of Bethesda. You know, think about this giant monstrosity. You know, it said that there were different layers that people can go and sit and they would watch what was happening. And vividly, I have this in my mind, the angel coming down and stirring that water. And imagine that first person who got in. And that's where my mind goes when I read that scripture. But here it is, the miracle, the blessing was unexpected. God has incredible things for us in our lives. And it's right there for you and I. And we're going to transition now. We're going to let our uh, live stream go. We're going to go into our praise and prayer request um, portion of our service. Um, so I will open it up. If, everyone, if anyone has any prayer requests today, um, we can go over those now. <laughs> 